Hey, welcome to episode 94, 94, almost at 100, with Tasha Louie as our featured guest. And the real quick backstory on this is my buddy Richard Simister, who has been on a few episodes before, shared her account on Instagram and said, look at some of this fun, crazy stuff she's doing. Um, And if you watch some of the posts she has out there, uh, you might think either I could never do that or you start getting intrigued and thinking how are we thinking about this movement concept? That's what I wanted to talk to her about. And she was gracious enough to join me on this episode. And another thing I want to shout out is go check out her social and see how she is currently training her mother and father to get moving and lifting. And just the exploration of movement is so exciting to see. And I just always want to support folks like Tasha as much as I can with my little platform here. So I appreciate you guys being here. Get this concept out there of explore movement. It shouldn't just be one thing. It shouldn't just be Peloton. It shouldn't just be CrossFit. There's a lot of exploration of movement. If you're not doing that, you are leaving money on the table. So let's jump into it here. Get 1% better. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, rating, review, all that good stuff. Five stars really goes a long way to helping this grow, getting to more people, getting folks healthier, happier, and moving into the next phase of health. So talk to you soon. Bay Area. We are live. I forget what episode number this is. I think we're in the 90s, 93 maybe. Uh, joined by Tasha Louie. Is, am I saying that right? Tasha Louie? Yes, you are. Straightforward. Um, and she is, if anyone is not familiar with her on Instagram, 13,000 followers. Let's add a few more from this episode, hopefully. Um, go follow her. She is an explorer of movement, which I'm a big fan of. Um, hence, we have uh, Christopher Walken doing his dancing and exploring his movement. Um, anyone hasn't seen that video in a few years, came out in the late 90s, I think. Um, but yeah, Tasha Louie joining us from the Bay Area and is a movement explorer. I think that's a good, good term. Uh, how is the Bay Area? And tell us what's going on. Bay Area is always sunny. No, most of the time. Uh, We have really good weather here most of the time. And I was born and raised here. So definitely been spoiled a little bit. Anytime I go out of California, then I realize how good I have it. And Mm. I have to realize that I can, I should stop complaining every now and then about it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What's San Francisco there? I forget what author it was. It was like Hemingway or something that said, uh, the coldest summer I ever spent in San Francisco was like in, in an August or something. Or he said the, the worst the worst winter I ever had in in the world was like in I forget what it was. I have to look it up. I feel bad. I lost it. But it was something like that. It was cause he was just pointing out the fact that it gets really cold in August in San Francisco. It's in it's San Francisco kind of, particularly, yes. Yeah. It's kind of a backwards uh thing there climate wise but anyway uh so let, let's jump into the the movements and the craziness of all that um so yeah your instagram uh, you were asking before we went on how we how i kind of discovered you and uh, one of my friends shared with me your account and was like look at all this crazy stuff this chick's doing um and this this exploration of movement and what the human body can do um so yeah what brought you to exploring all of these zercher and Jefferson and these other things that were named after random people or Swiss lifts that you make up yourself, which is fun. (laughs) I think it has a lot to do with 
um, feeling very intimidated in my college years, um, wanting to get fit, wanting to move. Um, my background wasn't all that extensive. I started in tennis in high school, but that was about it. And um, if you don't keep up with team sports, you have to do a lot of it on your own. So went to the gym like everybody else, incredibly intimidated because it looks like everybody knows what's their, what, what they're supposed to be doing every single day, every minute of it. And yeah, it was, it was a struggle to, to figure out what to do for myself, what worked, what didn't work. And definitely there are times when you feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to hurt myself, so I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so cycling between that for several years, um, I found a pattern of things that worked for me that were fun, sustainable, and finally did some research into it. Uh, it became a profession and it helped a lot of other people that felt the same way. And so it just felt natural to go into it um, and explore more. And there are countless varieties and variations of things to do. Um, the basics are always fun, but there are always there's always a little leeway. And I'd like to explore that for people that aren't into powerlifting, which is big right now, for example, like mm-hmm. you'll get some trainers that are really good at powerlifting and there's nothing wrong with that. But if they get a senior client, for example, it might not be the best uh, avenue to start with. Yeah. So, so take us through that. You, you, you want to talk about training with seniors. You work with a few seniors. Um, where do you start? I start with movements that they're comfortable with. And I also ask them what they're interested in as well. Also their goals. I mean, my mom, for example, um, she asked me, uh, I'm very, very lucky and fortunate. She asked me to help her out. And she said, look, I want to be able to continue hauling groceries from Costco and doing some gardening. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to lift things over 20 pounds. I said, okay, let's start there. So very, very, very slowly and gradually, we worked up from, you know, a rubber-coated kettlebell to a sandbag that's pretty small. We actually use rice bags because that's what she has at home. Mm-hmm. Um, things are not as intimidating. And now we've got her working with a barbell, something that she would have never touched two, three, four, five years ago um, when when I asked her to. Yeah. So it's it's stuff like that um, and getting into the mindset of of the client that you're working with. Yeah, I love that. Um, I find with a lot of folks, especially seniors, uh, if I bring them into my garage gym or, or whatever gym I'm in, uh, I can confidently get almost any male, female, whatever to lift maybe a 53 pound kettlebell um, just to deadlift it. And, and, you know, they look at it and they walk in and they've, they haven't touched anything before. They're like, well, I can't lift that. And I'm like, no, you have the leg strength. You have the mobility. I'm going to make sure you get in the position. You feel the right things. And we're going to safely do that. And we're going to build up the confidence between you and I to lift that. So I love that, that concept of um, kind of progressing it and, but also making sure it is something that they're comfortable with like a rice bag. Um, so, so yeah, that's always a fun challenge to figure out what, what, we can have some fun in the session, but then what are you going to do on your own? Um, and so that, that's a fun little way to explore that. So with the movement exploration, so you're not, you're not necessarily having them do Zercher carries and <laughs> not right away, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But is that a goal that you have for any client you work with being I able to do I've... like a Jefferson curl? or Zercher? <laughs> I think that if they have an interest for it and they've seen me do it, um, we'll definitely ease into it. 
Um, I don't think that any movement is a necessity necessarily. Um, for sure, be able to bodyweight squat and pick something up off the floor, which is a deadlift, of, of course. But yeah, if it's something that they're interested in, we'll go into it. If it's a Jefferson curl because um, they want to be able to feel every joint vertebrae in their back, um, get a good hamstring stretch at the same time, um, all that kind of stuff, then sure, we'll get into it. But I don't necessarily um, prescribe it, so to speak, for, for everyone. Yeah. And for anyone not familiar who's listening, if you're not familiar with what a Jefferson curl is, um, to break it down, it's just pretty much the, the cue that I give, at least, I, and I'd love to hear if you have different cues or anything like that, is basically you're trying to go one spinal segment at a time down, and you have a little bit of weight, and you're basically doing a deadlift with stiff legs, but also really maximizing the curl through your spine. And you're trying to get all 27 spinal segments to kind of move on their own. So uh, for anyone who's done Pilates, I find that uh, they kind of use those cues, but not necessarily with that same position and loading. So uh, I do find that it can be a really good way to exactly what you're talking about of getting a good hamstring stretch, but also a decompression of the spine and getting the spine moving better. I actually just, one of my clients I just had, who's, I work, I'm working with him and his wife, his wife is hypermobile. So she doesn't necessarily need the Jefferson curl um, right now. And I, I just had my first real session with them. And then with him, he's very tight. So I was actually trying to get him to understand how to hinge, but then also to decompress his spinal disc. So I gave him a few very basic Jefferson curls, very lightweight. So he kind of understood what the stimulus was meant to be. But yeah, um, in terms of the Jefferson curl, that's one that, uh, again, should have a place somewhere, I think, in movement patterns for almost all human beings at some point. So I, I, I kind of do think everyone should get to a point where they can do that. Um, and one of my driving philosophies, and it sounds like it kind of is for you as well, and correct me if I'm misunderstanding, but uh, is that human beings should have good control of every joint of their body. Is that kind of a driving force for you? As much as possible. Yes. <laughs> to, to at least be aware of it. I think that's yeah. a good place to start because and, you can, you can get so nerdy with that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, and, and driving through for me, I think as a physical therapist, I've found that, yeah, like you're saying, it's hard to convince everyone of the same mindset, but it is kind of what I try to get everyone towards of, if you want to avoid a total knee replacement, which is very common, we need to get you moving your knee through a full range of motion. And it's the lack of full range of motion and control through the full range of motion that is allowing our knees to stay healthy for a long period of time. So that's what I, I kind of see when I see an account like yours, where you're, you're exploring all these different body positions, rotational, different dimension, different de degrees and uh, degrees of freedom and, and uh, angles and things like that. And so that's what I take away from something like that, that connects to me, uh, where, again, I'm not going to have some, not everyone doing a Zercher carry, but at the same time, I do want to get everyone to do a Zercher carry at some point. <laughs> um, and the Zercher, for anyone listening, we're, we're throwing out names, sorry for that, is uh, where you're kind of holding something in the front of your body uh, with bent elbows. And you're, again, with the benefit of that is you're, you're working anti-gravity uh, and you're getting your spine stronger in a bit of a rounded position, which when you see it with heavy weight done online, some people are like, Oh my God, I never want my spine to do that. But at the same time, if you've built up as, as Tasha here said, um, you know, that that's really the safest thing for your spine in the long run, but there's a big gap between what we see online sometimes and, uh, Huge. and, and yeah. And, and, uh, ultimately what, how we progress that and train that where somebody might jump in and see you doing that online and say, Hey, I want to try that. 
Um, and, and yeah, so coming back to the movement exploration again, um, I guess that's, that's, that's the question is how for your own movement exploration, uh, and play, which I love that, that term, um, is it just whatever you kind of feel that day and whatever your body's feeling, or is there, uh, you know, are you, are you trying to kind of, are you measuring joint health or I'd love to understand a little bit of, of how that, how your system looks. It's a very loose system. Um, lots of times it's after, you know, if I had a heavy squat day or a deadlift day, then I'll be warmed up for the hips. I'll be Mm -hmm. warmed up for the knees. And then I will check in on different things like a sissy squat or, Mm. or, or pansy squat, or, um, I'll do some shin boxes with some weight, um, Mm. 90 nineties, that kind of stuff. Um, that's usually how it goes. And for me, it's to see where I'm at. If I'm regressing, if I'm progressing, I don't have any particular goals because because I know I have a bigger range of motion than most people, and mm-hmm. it's not necessary to push it, but it's 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 interesting to me, um, right. and I do measure it every now and then. I record my workouts, I record the stuff I do if I have space on my phone, um, <laughs> and then go from there. I mean, it's. It just keeps things interesting and I know what I'm capable of. So if Mm -hmm. I end up in a situation later on unexpectedly, I'll be able to know that I might be safe if I fall in this position or if I, you know, do something weird here or if I want to learn something completely new like a dance or a martial art that I'm completely unfamiliar with. I'll be like, I'll watch the movement. I'll be like, oh, I think I can do that because I my knee and my hips have been in that particular Mm. spot before. I can take this on uh, with a little bit more confidence at the end of the day, it's all about moving confidently for me. And it's something that I really want for more people to, to have, um, bringing it back to a Zercher curl or Jefferson curl. It's like at some point I will introduce it not right away, but I think a major fear a lot of people have right now is bending, rounding their spine or flexing their Mm -hmm. spine. Um, a lot of seniors do do that, uh, feel that way as well. And I try to really, really ease them into it so that they're less fearful of it. Um, because at the end of the day, what we don't use or train to a certain extent um, is probably where we're going to be uh, at a disadvantage. Um, and just it's about being prepared. That's all. Yeah. And I think to me that what's coming up is, yeah, the, the, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Almost kind of what you said. And uh, yeah, the, the training, there's so many different ways our bodies can move. Um, and there is the sports specific type training. Um, where like you're talking about, if, if you keep exploring different dance styles and, and different things that your body can do, and again, getting your knees into as many different positions as possible and loading and getting stronger there, um, that's a great way to, to ultimately bulletproof our bodies. Um, and I do find for a lot of folks, um, I always make the analogy of, uh, you know, if you do blood work and the blood work shows that, hey, you have deficiencies in vitamin D and vitamin B B12 or whatever it is, um, then what do you do? You get a supplement and or you change your diet to include that same thing with movement. We have a movement diet. So a lot of folks might be doing Peloton and that's all they're doing. Um, and, and then their diet of movement does not include much rotation or uh, even extension of their shoulder joint or whatever the, the thing is. So yeah, that's... Um, Definitely something I see a lot of people showing up with those injuries. And so speaking of injuries, you wanted to talk about training after injury. So you're getting folks after they're finished kind of their rehab and, and, or you're helping with some rehab stuff. I try to stay in my lane when it comes to training. Cause that's what I am. I'm a trainer. I'm not a physical therapist or, or anything else. 
Um, so I do work with a fair share of people after physical ther uh, therapy. Mm -hmm. um, I usually even wait a little longer after they've been released by a physical uh, therapist because um, I feel like with my own experience, um, I've been, in my opinion, released too early. Um, and I like to jump right back into what I was doing because, well, right. my physical therapist said so. So, and then I re-injure myself, mm -hmm. um, or other complications come up. So yeah, it's, it's a huge mind block, I think for a lot of yeah. people because they're deathly afraid of moving in a particular way that got them injured. Mm -hmm. Um, and for a lot of folks, they don't even really completely know what could get them injured again. It, it could be something completely unrelated to what got them injured in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, so I had my own uh, battle of injuries with uh, a torn ACL uh, in 2000, late 2019. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened. So I only had about three months of physical therapy mm -hmm. uh, after surgery. So that was a little tough because um, didn't know what to do. Didn't, didn't know how to rehab myself, so to speak. Um, and all I could do was just do a ton of research online, trial and error. And, you know, uh, realize that a lot of what I'm rehabbing from is from the surgery, not necessarily the injury. Mm. So when they reattach my ACL, it's a, it's a, it was just a matter of waiting for it to remodel and become a my own ligament again, mm -hmm. and then strengthening everything around it so that it can support itself. Uh, that's basically all it was. I didn't realize that at the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a slow process, but it was very very uh, helpful for me to be able to relate to other people um, who had their own issues or situations that were similar. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I had an ACL surgery myself in 2008 um, and it was right out of physical therapy school. So I definitely <laughs> helped make me an, an expert in, in the process. Um, definitely gave me that, that first uh, hand experience, so to speak. And so, yeah, I definitely uh, understand where you're coming from with that. And it looks like based on the videos you're posting, you did a pretty good job of, of rehabbing. You're doing pretty full range of motion stuff. For the most part. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that was very, uh, I guess key to my decision to do this part, uh, not part-time full-time going from part-time to full-time was just that there were a lot of things that I was told by healthcare professionals that would never happen again for me. Um, mm. I would never play sports the way that I used to. I would never walk the same way. I would never have full knee flexion. I would mm -hmm. never have this or that. I'd always be in some sort of pain and it turned out to be untrue. And I think that if you are going through a traumatic injury and you're trying to recover, hearing certain things will kind of become a self-prophecy that will come true. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. If you believe certain things to happen when you're in a vulnerable state, it, it may very well happen because it prevents you from trying new things yeah. and learning new things about yourself. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the reasons my, my company is Fit Care Physio. It's if you care about your fitness, uh, then you can avoid the healthcare system. And the healthcare system tends to keep us down, man. Um, it's, it's a, it is definitely a broken system in many ways. Again, it's good for reattaching an ACL, but there's yes. definitely gaps, uh, like you're saying, between you know, allowing it to heal and then getting you to the, the, the activities and sports that you want to do. Were, were those... Um, 
kind of comments that you just said of, of you're not, you'll always have pain or you won't be able to return to the things. Was that specifically around the ACL or was it other? So specifically around the ACL and I also separated my shoulder twice, mm. the same shoulder. Um, so there, there were a lot of comments being said, like you have to be careful for the rest of your life, especially when you get into your forties and fifties, you're probably going to get some, some, some form of arthritis and that'll get in the way of the things that you want to do. Um, you're, I even got, you're a woman, so you heal differently than men do. Um, so maybe you should, you know, even take it down another notch. So there, there are all these things that are thrown out there that I don't think are very helpful. Mm. Um, and I think that there are uh, a lot of things that can be done in the healthcare system to improve it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remain a, an optimist. I'm a cynic by nature. <laughs> um, I really am. And I'm same, trying to, same. You, you as well. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, so, you know, we're, we're just very negative, cynical people, as I'm, I've been told, especially as I've moved away from New York. People are like, why are you so cynical? Like, I'm <laughs> how I grew up. I'm a New Yorker. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that for sure. Um, and and I just want to comment, if, if I may, as a physical therapist, based on what you're talking about, of having a dislocation uh, of your shoulder joint, the best thing we can do from an academic standpoint, uh, aside from kind of the, the narratives that you're being told, is get stronger through the full range of motion. And if you have control and ownership of that joint and have the muscle stability and control, um, that is the really oversimplified version of how you're going to manage that and hopefully avoid arthritis. As, as again, there is the, the risk of that. And 99% of people probably do fall under that risk. And you probably fall into that risk too. And when I had my ACL, uh, the, the research showed I have an 80% chance, uh, anyone who's had an ACL surgery has an 80% chance of developing arthritis in that same knee, just based on the fact that uh, we had the surgery. But that's also the, the other variables around it of most people don't do the right stuff. Most people don't train through a full range of motion. Most people don't get all the muscles that need to get strong around it. So seeing an account like yours, and this is why I love doing these podcasts is uh, it's really nice to de uh, unpack uh, and, and really decompress or, or de uh, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but uh, to really unpack the, the, the movement practice and then how that can apply to and where it comes from of this injury for your own. And, and a, a lot of the things I do as well, uh, as much as I'm a doctor of physical therapy, I love helping people. I do strength and conditioning stuff as well, but it's selfishly like, so I can have health in my own body. And then like the things I'm going to learn along the way, I want to share with people and I'm going to explore that on my own. But at the same time, like I want to live as long as possible. I want to avoid cancers and, sur and, and surgeries and all these things that we're all prone to, but we're prone to them because of the narratives that were told of never squat below 90 degrees now that you had a, a knee surgery or never let your knee go over your toes or all these terrible myths that that we you know do get put out there but they're you know i try to give the benefit of the doubt to the medical system but at the same time want to acknowledge that you know the reason that these things are getting said is because most people don't know how to go further with the the, the thing and there's this huge gap between kind of the medical system and performance as we might call it or fitness. And then again, it's up to personal trainers to bridge the gap to some extent, but they don't always have the best training. Um, so there's definitely gaps that happen there where uh, it's like, okay, you just want a six pack, or I'm just going to try to help you lose some weight. Um, and, and unfortunately, again, um, I have my other podcast. I don't know if you've seen that one too, is the demand better podcast mm -hmm. with a personal training buddy of mine back in New York city. And we're trying to call out some of the things that we see out there in the, 
physical therapy and the medical in the in the fitness space is that uh, unfortunately, again, lead to less than ideal co uh, consequences and or results. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, that every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. So unfortunately, the results that we're seeing with really high obesity rates, really high chronic disease rates, um, it's and, and we're actually at one of the probably fittest points of, of you know, our society uh, where more people than ever are going to gyms. But it's we're not getting the results that we want, where there's these huge gaps in the food system, in the stress that we're all uh, undertaking. So that's where, again, I try to have this big picture view. And I'm sorry, I just went on my own little ramble there and, and away from your uh, your account and your philosophy. But uh, we'll try to bring it back to that. <laughs> no, it's all good. I think a lot of what you just said is is very much in line with what I believe. And a lot of what I am trying to uh, do, uh, to, to a lesser extent. Yeah. And I'd, I'd be curious though, with, uh, as somebody with your account and I see knees over toes guys follow you. How do you, how do you feel about that whole system? Put you on the spot. I th <laughs> so you were talking about systems are designed to do exactly what they're, mm -hmm. they've been marketed or designed to do. Yep. And my idea about systems is that I, I don't think that there's any one perfect system out there. I think that every system works to a certain extent. I think it's a matter of uh, taking what applies to an individual or their situation and going mm -hmm. from there. Uh, in that case, I mean, it, it's kind of like the old saying of building your toolbox. I don't know who came up with that saying. It's not the best, but <laughs> it's, it's the only analogy that I have right now. But mm -hmm. learning the best that you uh, as, as much as you can figuring out what works in what particular instance and circumstance um, and applying the right tool, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. So in these over toes, I mean, it's, it's very catchy. Um, mm -hmm. And I agree with a lot of it. I mean, I love doing sissy squats. I love going knees over toes. It's fun. I also think it's very practical because, mm -hmm. you know, my own surgeon told me to stop squatting knees over toes. And he, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> he, he, he showed me how to do a 90 degree squat in his office. It was, it was painful, but, um, <laughs> but um, we do have to go up and down the stairs, mm -hmm. right? Our knees will definitely go over our toes at that point. People sprint, their knees are going over their toes. Like those are all very practical everyday things. Maybe right. not everybody sprints, but if you're, if you're walking faster um, up to a jogging uh, speed, your knees are going to be going over your toes anyway. So right. there are these really dogmatic statements out there that I feel like are not helpful. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, to, to that point is, like you said, not everyone does sprint, but we are born with a certain amount of physical capacity. And again, if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's where, as we get older and, and uh, that's one of my biggest things too, is, is getting older folks who feel fragile um, to understand that if we can progressively get them back to sprinting and whatever the version of sprinting is, but I don't expect them to be beating Usain Bolt or whatever in, in a hundred meter dash. But, uh, if they can have the capacity to do that, uh, and again, like the knees over toes concept is, is great in terms of like, let's, let's get everyone doing sled pulls. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. you know, and again, it's a good way to get people more empowered and again, moving in the right direction. Is it a cure all? Probably not. Um, are there problems with their system? Probably. I've talked about that on other podcasts. Um, but 
yeah, I think that at the end of the day, that's the thing for me is as we get older, uh, we again, fail to those systems that if we're not squatting all the way down, ass to grass, uh, you know, you start to have issues if your ankles, your hips, your back. And the really easy analogy here is, you know, in the third world or the Chinese squat, as some people call it, where you're just sitting plopped down, um, you know, again, as low as you can go in the third world, as, as we might call it, uh, those folks tend to not have arthritis of their hips, their knees, their ankles, their spine, um, because they're kind of always in those positions. Um, and they might have a deeper hip socket and we can go into the, again, like the nerdiness of all that, but we as Americans tend to not go past 90 degrees. Um, and so what happens is we get arthritis in those joints and, uh, you know, unfortunately the easy answer is motion is lotion and, or if you don't use it, you lose it. So if we can encourage folks to go deeper and again, explore these aspects of their body and not get stuck in, I only do Peloton as my one movement thing. Um, or even I only do yoga and I do these, whatever, 23 moves every single time. And I'm just working to get better at these 23 moves that might be better than Peloton alone. But now if we can put things together or explore and play um, and work on, you know, again, hanging or going upside down or doing, you know, a wall walk or whatever the thing is, this is where systems like yours or I, I know it's not really a system per se, system. But, <laughs> but but still the, 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 the messaging from Tasha Louie who has 13,000 followers on Instagram is explore some of this stuff and again, do what you can within reason. But um, I mean, that's my big takeaway from, from, you know, seeing an awesome account like yours and seeing you do what you do is this is stuff that I think we should all be playing with and doing. And again, I like to, to do the thing. I haven't done the one, the, the pancake with the barbell on my feet <laughs> where, uh, I see that, I, you know, but <laughs> with within reason, uh, risk reward, I, I, I envision doing that and seeing if I can, you know, at least catch the thing if I happen to, uh, get there. But yeah, um, I, again, I love, I love the exploration of movement. That's really the big. Uh, my big message from or takeaway from from you know hanging out with you here. Thank you, I appreciate it. I mean, one more thing to touch upon is uh, you mentioned something about being upside down, being inverted, and it doesn't even have to be completely upside down. I do find that a lot of people, after a certain time in their life, um, they are only used to being uh, upright, sitting, uh, mm-hmm. walking, standing, whatever it may be. But the moment that they bend down at a awkward angle to pick something off the floor they get dizzy or nauseated or they go into a source of uh, a sense of vertigo mm-hmm. um it's 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 very interesting and that's something that i've realized a lot more and more and it's it's not even a certain age it's it's just a certain lifestyle habit that people have had i i have a client who's in her 40s and she'll talk about like when she's going down to tie her shoelace or going to get get to the lowest uh, dresser for her socks. She has to take a second to catch her breath because she feels like the room is spinning. Yeah. Just by going low. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's something that I feel like is pretty important to right. explore and get better at. Yeah. And I'll give a little credit to, I think it's Dr. Perry Nicholson. If you're familiar with him, stop chasing pain. Yeah. He's a chiropractor that um, he talks a lot of interesting stuff. Um, some, not, not, not everything is, the most evidence-based, but again, it's an interesting exploration of uh, some stuff, but he definitely in the movement side, 
um, was a big advocate of just, we don't, we're not on the floor enough. Like we should get down on the floor and move around and, and again, be aware of our bodies. Um, and if we're not doing that again, it's, it's, it's almost, a. It's like having a sports car and never driving it over 60 miles an hour. Like we have these amazing bodies that uh, should be doing all these different things that again, you can, anyone can go on your account and see like, Hey, like I can't imagine ever doing that. Um, because again, it looks almost intimidating, but at the same time, it's like, well, our bodies are capable of doing that. It's not just Tasha Louie who can do that. Um, it's, it's, it's not just me. It's not just you for sure. And, and it's, and it's, yeah, it's again, like gymnastics is the one thing that I wish that they would have in every school uh, because it literally is the, the point of gymnastics is to explore what our bodies can do in space, um, yep. whether it is walking on our hands or, or, you know, some progression of that. And so in terms of orthopedic issues, which goes back to like our kind of underlying thing is, is I do think this stuff will all allow us to function better, live longer um, and avoid a lot of the, the common things where we all get disabled as we get older. Um, and again, it's not just, uh, the aging is something I've talked about a lot. And, and, um, I, I theorize that there is, there's no such thing as aging. There's obviously a natural, uh, progression after we get 30 and things like that of program cell death and blah, blah, blah. Again, we can geek out on that, but ultimately it's just a lack of exactly what we're talking about of exposure to yes. certain things. So again, if I just never bring my arm all the way up overhead and let alone put weight in that, um, you start, you know, getting diminished capacity in that shoulder. Um, and so is it beneficial to make sure we're including some versions of these things and play, uh, again, within that, that's where CrossFit has been a huge benefit where you got some strong opinions on CrossFit. It's where you got to jump in there. No, I was just thinking that CrossFit is a, is a really great example of a lot of things, actually, I think that the fitness industry could learn from. Um, mm -hmm. Community is a big one that yeah. I haven't really seen on that level before, which is really cool, really mm -hmm. great. Uh, the other thing is also the blending of different disciplines. You got gymnastics, you got weightlifting, you got all sorts of things there, people walking on their hands. Like, right. that's all really cool stuff, I think, to to expose people to, you know, push their boundaries a little bit because – People think that when they go to the gym, they have to do a certain set of exercises or they have to only do whatever it is that they've seen other people do or mm -hmm. whatnot. Like it's, it's cool to learn how to do a pull-up. Like it's not just right. for certain types of people. Um, it's, 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 it's cool to be able to use your body the way that you find enjoyable. I think that's a really big thing. Mm -hmm. And CrossFit is a really good blend of many things that you can explore and then hone in on it if you want. Um, it helps for sustainability too, I think, because it's fun. You'll keep doing it. You don't have right. to think about, oh, I need to work on my, you know, my, my, my shoulder overhead position. I don't have to worry about doing um, stuff for my hips specifically. It's just if you are, I don't know, if you're, if you're into capoeira, for example, I don't know if anybody's mm -hmm. into that, you're going to be yeah. swiveling your hips all over the place and you're going to keep doing it because it's fun. Mm -hmm. And you don't have mm -hmm. to do 90-90 drills, uh, right. for example. Or if you yeah. like basketball, you're going to keep playing it. Your arms are always going to be over your head. Yeah. You don't have to do <laughs> drills for it. So I think that's something that's, that's, that's lacking nowadays where people feel pressured to look or perform a certain way um, before they even give themselves a chance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And we got a, a listener a comment. Yeah, the CrossFit community is tight. It looks awesome from 
uh, Trisha Andrew. Uh, so hey, Trisha. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely, it's it's a uh, it's I've I've found some really interesting things being involved in that community for a long time. And at the end of the day, again, the the, the one of the main tenets of it that does get lost even within some of the CrossFit kind of culture is learn and play new sports. That's one of the main things. So again, if that includes like go bowling, uh, whether you you know, maybe you like it, maybe you don't go ax throwing, go throw some darts, go play billiards, go run backwards, <laughs> you know, go do whatever it is. Um, and yeah, walk on your hands and, and things like that. So, uh, and, and, you know, so yeah, I think we're on the same page for sure. I appreciate that. I hope that message gets across to folks. Um, yeah, I think we covered, we covered a lot of the, the basic stuff here of, of, uh, what we agree upon. I, I don't know if we're going to, if we need to push it and find things we disagree upon, but that's okay. <laughs> um, as, as the nature of modern mainstream media and all that dictates as we should be arguing about something. Um, but I think, um, we'll leave it there if that works for you and, uh, tell folks where they can find you. And obviously we have your uh, handle. Oh my God. I hate the backwards camera. There, there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tasha T A S H A underscore Louie L O U I E. Um, I'm revamping my website right now, which will be bendermovement.com. Um, bender movement. Yes. Because bend the possibilities, mm. bend your body, everything. Um, so there's that. Uh, but yeah, main source right now would be on Instagram at Tasha underscore Louie. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. I'm going to put the bender movement.com. Is that it down there? Yep. It's on the bottom That's of it. the screen there. Um, so yeah, hopefully folks can check that out and we'll keep seeing the cool stuff you're putting out there and I'll copy as much of it as I can on my account and attempt, uh, I, I, I can definitely do my skin the cat. I should do that more often. I always forget. <laughs> and we, we need the, we definitely need the reminders. So that's where that's fun. Um, yeah, no, and appreciate everything you do. And uh, we will sign off. Hope you guys got 1% better. Uh, and if you did, please like, share, subscribe, leave a rating, review, five stars, all that stuff. Go follow Tasha. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks. And.